0: Okay. Hello. 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 <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is going on over there?
1: I thought I would dress the way I feel.
0: Why am I not there? Right? What is happening?
1: You want to explain to our uh, non-visual viewers what is before you?
0: Sean Patrick has just come on screen in a Hawaiian top. With a cowboy wicker sombrero of sorts. It's and a beach hat.
1: It's an East Coast beach hat. Yeah.
0: East Coast beach. Okay. Beach hat and headphone. He looks like he's DJing at a party in Cabo. Essentially. <laughs> <At> a luau. <laughs> yeah. With head massive headphones and your microphone.
1: <laughs> this is a tribute to today. Our final episode of the season.
0: I'm ta- I have to take a photo of this for Instagram quickly. Wow. Wow. Okay. Our listeners are going to love to see that picture later today. Happy Friday to you there.
1: Friday. It's a beautiful day. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm were you excited. just
0: at the pool? Is that why you look like this? Were you just at the pool?
1: No, but as soon as we're done, I'm, my pool is right there and I'm running right into it. All 84 You're- degrees of it.
0: You're gonna run right into your pool! Oh my gosh! No. Can I come over? What am I doing over here?
1: I don't know. And you, you like, you're busy. You have to move things, and you're you're booked. And
0: I'm being responsible today. I'm working a normal day. That's fine.
1: It's up to you, Lindsay. Yeah. Right? That's isn't up it? to you, isn't it? And that's what today is all about.
0: I feel like we should be having margaritas.
1: Yeah, I know. I did think I needed like a, a you know, a drink with a straw
0: with an umbrella
1: yeah yeah
0: that would be nice
1: poolside next that would be next on the to-do list build up uh, a wet bar for the pool A tiki bar i did look tiki don't i look tiki
0: (laughs) you look very tiki thank you well the last recording of season two
1: it has been quite a season
0: hasn't it What kind of jimbly-jambly garbage are we going to talk about today? (laughs)
1: The the jimbly-jambly garbage. We're going to get right into it. First of all, we're going to talk about what we're going to do this summer, right? Just top level. You're looking
0: at it. You're looking at it. I'm I'm literally looking at it. I'm looking
1: at it. People, she's looking at me in my Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what they'll say, unplugging, disconnecting. not doing much but definitely not worried about my summer i think that's something uh, as freelancers tend to do when things kind of get a bit slow i find june Mm. july can kind of be like okay people take vacation um i know everything's been different over the last few years but it's it's definitely a trend and then you worry and then you're like well do i take vacation and this year i'm just not going to worry about it i had a pretty good first half of the year and uh I'm just going to enjoy it.
0: cruising into second second half
1: yeah I got a big trip in the fall I think that's kind of helping us uh big trip with my uh, beautiful wife and uh business partner uh no not Lindsay
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like I get to come I didn't know I was allowed to go okay
1: (laughs) yeah we need to talk about the two marketeers expense account uh, anyways, yeah, going on a big trip in September. So that kind of helps us kind of be like, okay, let's just be here, let's be literally present and got a couple of little trips, but that's it. But I'm also gonna struggle a little bit with the fact that I'm going to apparently not worry about weather works coming in. That's you hard. You
0: say it so lightly, I'm like, I'm so busy. And then it's not busy and I'm like,
1: it's all over. <laughs> That's what my inside, that's the inside voice. That's your
0: inside voice? Okay. I just let my inside voice be the outside voice, I guess.
1: Well, it's new to you. I mean, I mean, I've been in and out of freelance for far longer than I'd ever want to admit. Um, And mostly, usually not by choice. So I I like to tell people right away that the fact that I have my own businesses and do that sort of stuff has never been a sort of, oh, I've always been a self-starter and blah, blah, blah. It's happened out of necessity. Uh, right. There's no shame in that. It shows uh, what what would you say? It's resilience. Um, but now, as I do begin to age, I know you can't believe it, but I'm in my fifties. Yeah,
0: don't and, even start.
1: Uh, I know, shocker, right? I'm shocked. Yeah, I just what's going to change, and the the bullshit is going to change, and the bullshit of me worrying because if I make it a thing, it's a thing. If I don't make it a thing, it's not a thing.
0: I think that could be our best piece of advice from this uh, episode and season.
1: Perfect. Mark it down.
0: Don't make it a thing. It's not a thing.
1: What's your take, Lindsay?
0: On taking a break?
1: Yeah, it seems like two years ago or three years ago. How long has it been? You're like, okay, you know what? I'm yeah. gonna try this, Sean. Yeah, let's do this. I'm gonna try this little thing. Yeah. Gosh, I hope I can, I hope I can scrape up enough work. And she's honestly <laughs> been a she's been a blur ever since
0: you encourage the blur. So Um, yeah, it's been three, it'll be three years at the end of this summer, three years in September. And so I think that's, although it's been, you know, pandemic, it's been enough to see the cycle for a few years. And although I had a year when it wasn't pandemic and now coming into a little bit of some normal business practices, the cycle is always the same. Starts to slow down a little bit now, but still busy through July. It's August for me when August just slows down. So I have a bunch of vacation planned in August that I promise my family I will not work through. And yeah, so it's I've had that feeling this week too, where it's things that are just kind of slowing down a little bit. And I'm like, and then I'm like, yeah, chicken little. I'm like, this guy is falling. It's, however. it's however. And then two seconds later, you get a phone call and you're busier <laughs> than you can handle. So it's yeah, it's been very good.
1: It's exciting when that happens, but then how long Mm -hmm. does it have to keep happening where you're like, every year it should be a little less scary, shouldn't it? It's not.
0: It is now. Oh, it is? Good for you. It is now a little less scary. Yeah. But it's also, so full transparency, this is the second time we've recorded this episode. (laughs) And the last time we recorded it, we spoke about like the value of taking a break and actually disconnecting, which is what spurred us to re-record this again.
1: Because and, it sucked. Uh,
0: I think for me, like for me, it's not disconnecting. It's just taking some moments to have different experiences and think differently and let my brain, let the fog kind of clear. And I always come back so much stronger. So I'm really excited about that. I love
1: those moments. So you're good at that. You're good at that then.
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah. I think it, I don't like know. Of managing. I, always, I
1: don't mean like, I don't mean like, oh, you're good at just fucking off.
0: <laughs> no, I was always, I think like, I just, I was always under so much pressure when vacationing to relax. Yeah. And for me, that's not it. Like it's not.
1: Have fun, everybody. You're not doing what I told you to do. We're supposed to be relaxing. Have
0: fun. Relax. Make sure you're not Like read a book. Ugh. And then you'd come <laughs> back from vacation and you didn't do that. Cause I just don't do that. Like we don't. We're not beach vacation people. We don't lay at the beach for seven days. Like we're just not like that. And for me, it's more new experiences, seeing new people, going to new restaurants, going out, like having those things that change the way that I think versus making sure I read a book on the beach. So it's it's just kind of reframing what a break means to me, I suppose.
1: I hope you're not judging people who go to the beach for seven days because you're looking at one.
0: I'm envious of it.
1: I, I am I, good at that.
0: I have done it a few times and it's been very fun. It's just not for you. Well, for me, when I'm like at the beach, then I'm like, let's have drinks, let's run around, let's go to go out. Well, like, I don't know. I just don't sit down well. I've, not... I've learned.
1: Everything is Vegas to you, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So as we are taking a second uh, attempt at this, you're going to talk about something that was very timely early this month um it's something that happened in ontario it's this legislation that's called the right to disconnect
0: as of june 2022
1: june 2nd 2022 um so lindsay have you heard about it yes you have obviously
0: i have heard about it
1: what did you hear
0: i heard what i took away from it was now that people have like a legal platform to stand on to enable them to disconnect from their work and have there be kind of ramifications if their employers or their companies aren't kind of respecting those boundaries. Right. And that it was something they did in Europe first was that I had kind of heard about it there. Yeah, I'll give you that was surprised that it's here. So that's that's all that I really knew.
1: Um, so on Wikipedia, they say the right to, to disconnect in Ontario specifically is a proposed human right regarding the ability of people to disconnect from work and primarily not engage in work-related electronic communications such as emails or messages during non-work hours. Okay, Pretty straightforward. Lots of questions.
0: Someone messages you, you do not have to answer legally.
1: No. Uh, it doesn't apply to you because I mean, hey, Lindsay, it does apply to you because you make the rules when it comes to who talks to Lindsay when. <laughs> um, you know, some of the rules are it's for companies of 25 employees or more, um, stuff like that. So it's really for, I would say a very traditional working model. Okay, now, from an origins. So when you talk about, you know, where did this come from? Um, it emerged in France. Uh, In a decision in the Labor Chamber of French Supreme Court, so labor is a key word, the decision on October second, two 2001, held that the employee is under no obligation either to accept working at home or to bring there his files, (laughs) you know. Does
0: it say his?
1: Bring there his files and working tools.
0: So someone can be like, you're working, you have to work from home tonight because we need this. And you can be like, no, and I will yeah. not bring my working tools home.
1: Yeah. And okay. in 2001. Um, mm-hmm. So when they say his files, it's because men were the ones working in 2001. <laughs> and they were working with file folders and clubs, right?
0: We, women weren't allowed to have files. <laughs> no files for us unless it's a nail file while i'm making dinner
1: (laughs) oh how we've evolved in 2004 the supreme court affirmed this decision and ruled that the fact that the employee was not reachable on his cell phone outside working hours cannot be considered as misconduct interesting so i i just thought we'd enjoy that little snippet but that's the history you asked but to answer the question so why now and why does it exist the modern working environment has been drastically changed by new communication information technologies okay it's just technologies this was well in play the sort of and you know you and I have talked about this I think it was one of our first podcasts we talked about that whole always on and how Mm -hmm. our brains are always on therefore we have a real problem focusing we've talked Mm -hmm. a lot about all this stuff Um, the boundary between and this is Hence, the technology was the issue. Therefore, the boundary between work life and home life has shrunk with the introduction of digital tools into employment. Makes sense. Okay. So I actually really like that statement because they talk about work life and home life. Don't get me started. That work life balance is a thing. Work life, home life, or work life, non-work life, but work and life are not parallels. Right. Anyways, while digital tools uh, bring flexibility and freedom to employees, they also can create an absence of limits, Mm. Mm -hmm. leading to excessive interference in the private lives of employees.
0: That's an interesting way to say it, excessive interference. Yeah.
1: Does it? Well, children do that.
0: (laughs) Is there a bigger word than excessive? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i think it's perfect right excess uh but we tend to love things in excess don't we as human beings mm-hmm. okay so let's be honest right now we're going through the biggest what do they call it the great
0: great resignation
1: the great resignation and people quitting mm-hmm. to not go to other jobs and all that stuff so it'll it, there's lots going on right now Mm-hmm. So now all the buzz around it is: is it good or bad, right? What does this mean for Ontario? What you know? So, so it's actually quite a little thing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, it's a great step, sure. But is it? What is it fixing?
0: Yeah, I feel like there's so many conflicting messages about work right now. Like, for instance, I heard the other day that one of the airlines because. Well, it's June 2022. So as you may see all over the news here, but even other places, Toronto's airports and airlines are a wreck right now, like a wreck, disaster, like wait times, canceled flights, like all of it just being completely mismanaged. And I heard that employees of a certain airline were being rewarded and given extra compensation if they didn't take any days off. So, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like the opposite where they're saying, we know we're a wreck, we need you to work and we will give you extra money above and beyond and recognition and things like that if you refuse to not work. And I'm like, wow, that's such just a, it's hard because people need money. It's a hard time for a lot of people right now. And that sacrifice of your work and your life and being able to take a break Um, is obviously going to be massive on people who choose to do that. And then when you look at something like this legislation, for me, like working in the advertising industry as an example where people pride themselves on working very long hours. And it's exciting. And it's fun. And you want to do it. And when you're young, you're like, so in it, and you just really want to be doing it. And you're working at midnight and six in the morning and all weekend. Look at me. It's the
1: hustle, right?
0: Yeah, it's the hustle. Yeah. I'm like living this glamorous, like advertising, like hustle life and flying here and doing that and this and that. And it's just... I can't ever imagine anyone in a scenario like that, as an example, saying, I am going to enact this legislation, which means you can't email me at midnight and I will not respond. And if someone was just not responding and and in that type of environment, I can't imagine that it wouldn't negatively affect their career anyway. If they started to be like, you can't contact me, I can't imagine that they would flow on unscathed out of that scenario. Like somehow there's going to be an impact, you know? So it really starts with like, it starts with that company's culture saying, we're not going to do this. Not one little employee being like, you can't contact me. It's like, well, this is the gig, you know?
1: Uh, It's just exactly. And it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward and basic on paper. But mm-hmm. you know, you and I being strategists, and I think what I bring to you, like, like the creative strategist side is around. So, how do I apply this in a way that I can create a narrative or a story where it plays out? Right? How does it play out?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's just it's going to be more noise as they you know go through their career and they advance and they're you know they're like you say type A. And they want to manage, right? They want to move up and and I I now want to move to this because he, now with this crazy ladder that has come back where they'd said, you know, careers are a chessboard, they're back to being a ladder in a lot of cases where you're given a time frame, you're given a list of things you need to complete, you're given a level that you will go to next, and you will you are given a standard compensation upon achieving that level. And what mm-hmm. happens is when you create a standard like that, I I know for a fact I've had recent conversations where it's like you're not individual at all. In fact, what they do is they, they pick shit that kind of says, okay, so instead of being about here's all the great stuff you're doing, it's about, oh, good, I found two things you don't do well and uh, you have to focus on those two things. Mm-hmm. Think about mm-hmm. it. Think about it. Think about your children think of anyone you guide is that really the the most proactive productive especially when it comes to a career focus on the things you suck at and then you'll move on to the next level
0: well don't even get me started about how that's so <laughs> ingrained in the school system okay i won't that's a whole it's a mentality from the minute you're born and put into school and things like that so that's why i think people so naturally fall into This structure is that, if anything, also, I feel like we've realized over the last couple of years, we really like structure, we really like patterns and things that will repeat, I know what to expect from my day, I get up, I go to the office, I pick up my kids, I come home, we make dinner, whether that's a good thing to be doing or not, it's there's comfort
1: in that behavior and routine. And there should be comfort in that it helps you operate from day to day, Mm -hmm. right to manage Mm -hmm. a very complicated life.
0: Mm -hmm. And so people like to know what to expect next. You tell me what to expect next so that you can guide my career so that I know that I'm going to be successful coming out of it. It's just a whole mentality around how a lot of uh, organizations
1: operate. Right. I think, yes, absolutely, Lindsay. But I think, or and I think, that it will bring up a topic around giving people something more to blame Right? Like, it's wrong that I have to work all the time. It's unfair. I'm, we are just the victims of this crazy thing. And when we talk about we want freedoms, when we get those freedoms, and I say this we because, hey, I I still do that, right? So it it allowed me to be objective. So when we say we want these freedoms, and then when we get these freedoms, we identify them as burdens and look for other freedoms we want. We're always Mm -hmm. getting what we want. And the worst thing for a lot of us is getting exactly what we asked for.
0: Well, I think that's a lot of what's going on with the great resignation that we've been talking about. We've talked about this before. I know so many people in the ad industry specifically, and also other industries who have been like, I can't do this. It's too much for me. I'm up and I quit. Like I quit, I'm done. And you're like, well, where, where are you going? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Like nowhere. I don't know. (laughs) Nowhere. But, and that's the big thing is that I think people think they want the freedom and they do, but they don't then take the next step to design what they want their life to be and what freedom means to them. So when we go back to talking about vacation, as an example, vacation for me is not sitting down and reading a book vacation to me is having new experiences so that I can change the way that my brain is operating and thinking that can open my eyes to what I do next, whether that's work or my life or what, or playing with my kids or where should I live next or whatever that is. It's that people have realized that they want their lives to be different, but they haven't done the work to figure out what different means. And how to make it achievable and successful for them. Like anyone can quit their job and become a freelancer, but it's very hard to figure out what do I want from that? What is going to make me feel like when I'm on my own that I'm achieving success in my own way? And how do I get there? And how do I put a plan together that when I'm having a hard time, I can look at that and say, this is what I'm trying to do. And here's what I'm walking towards.
1: Wow. What are you walking towards? I have a whole thing. I bet you do. <laughs> That's how Lindsay and I are different. Yeah, I think absolutely taller stuff. Um I say whenever I get all stressed and I, you know, I even recently uh had a very high pressure project. I I loved it. But the thing was is the way i managed it is when it just gets ridiculous it's like okay here's a project it's two weeks there's four things need to be done with four different clients great day two okay everything's a week late we still have to deliver at the same time they've doubled the number of this and now it has to be done while you're standing on your head i mean it's (laughs) what happens and you say great we it's just that's where you say that's where i say am i saving lives here and it's mm-hmm. always literally. It's almost like a mantra. Is am I saving lives here? Because the only life that needs saving right now is mine, my work life, and I need to right. protect that. And I've I've often been a bad protector of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I say what pe- the the advice I give people is: before you lead anyone, you need to lead yourself. And and there's this culture of people moving to the top, who sacrifice everything to move to the top, move up so that they don't have to sacrifice anything anymore, continue to sacrifice and accept, expect the same level of sacrifice from everyone who works for them. Hence mm-hmm. an entire culture that is broken, negative, competitive, resentful. You know, it's just, hey, I, I was there. Like I'm literally saying I wasn't a victim of that. As much as I think I was a pretty good manager and a pretty good VP, blah, blah, blah. That was part of our culture. That's what you Mm -hmm. did. You said, I've worked my ass off for 20 years to get here. Really? Mm -hmm. And are you saving any lives yet? Yeah, to get
0: where exactly? Well, that's the thing. I suppose it's nice that for people who don't have those boundaries to be able to say i have some i have another path i could go down and i do have the opportunity to redesign my life how i want it to be at least they have some things that they can pull on if they feel like they're in an environment that's not supportive of how they want to live their lives and not answer email after
1: work hours well i think that's exactly and that whole i love that it's just called the right to disconnect the right dis- mm-hmm. to disconnect you have the a- right it is a human right, so take it. Use that right and use mm-hmm. it with yourself because you're your own worst enemy. This summer I'm gonna be reminding myself that I have the right to disconnect, and that right is mine to take. It's not to be given to me. It's right. mine to take. Right. Um, do you mind if I talk about one quick thing? Because it's just two quotes and it's gonna blow your mind. Sure. I happened upon a book. Called bullshit jobs, uh, came out in around 2017, and it was uh, done by this anthropologist. His name is David Graeber. Um, he's now at the London School of Economics. So, what I love about this is, as much as it's you know the levity of the term, he is an expert in economics. Wow,
0: anthropologists are always the coolest. Right? If I had to go back, I would become an
1: anthropologist. Well, we've go talked on. about that. So. Here's a quick description. Graber, who's the author, seeks a diagnosis and epidemiology for what he calls the useless jobs that no one wants to talk about. He thinks these jobs are everywhere, and by all evidence, they are. I will literally tell you when people now say, "What do you do?" unless they're in the industry, I'll be like, you don't you don't need to know. I mean, I'll say I have a podcast, but it's just, you know what I have a bullshit job about it I have a bullshit job (laughs) so here's an excerpt here's an excerpt that might force some of us on this call to uh, look in the mirror no one more so than me okay so all these studies that started with an essay we'll send a link it's fascinating stuff it's hilariously shocking but uh here's an excerpt from one of his one of the contacts he had when doing his research okay it's this quote I do digital consultancy for global pharmaceutical companies, marketing departments. That sounds so
0: familiar.
1: Oh, no. I often work with global PR agencies on this and write reports with titles like how to improve engagement among key digital healthcare stakeholders.
0: Oh, no, you're making me nervous.
1: It is pure unadulterated bullshit and serves no purpose beyond ticking boxes for marketing departments. <laughs> wait, wait. <sighs> I was recently able to charge around 12,000 pounds. He's from the UK to write a two page report for a pharmaceutical client to present during a global strategy meeting. The report wasn't used in the end because they didn't manage to get to that agenda point. Huh. I gotta go so this is but here's uh, this is why it's so great he's not bitching and complaining it's just that self-reflection self-awareness going so am i expecting someone to feel bad for me you know it's that feeling of i'm not being exploited
0: Mm -hmm. but is he saying he's unhappy
1: he's unhappy with his job when you can create a scenario on that you're not loving your job you've kind of created this sort of reality that is i charge a ton of money to do things they that's probably start out like wow yeah this is a global strategy for it blah, blah 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 but when he puts it in a scenario i'm like god how many times have you done some work you really were passionate about and it never even left the room
0: but that's the thing i like doing it i and really okay. like doing it and i'm really good at it i would say i'm really good so even when so my daughters asked me the other day what do you do when we go to school <laughs> They're like, we all want to stay home and do what you're doing. I was like, I'm at my desk, tippity teppity all day. I'm in meetings, I'm talking to people, I'm writing strategy documents, I'm doing research. And they're like, Oh. I was like, I'm in my office the whole time you're not there. And what I said to them was that I really like doing it. Like, I love doing the work that I'm doing. And so that doesn't make it a bad scenario. They're like, you're in your office all day. I was like, yeah, and I like it. And I've designed my life to be how I want it to be in the hours I work and who I work with. Um, so it's, I mean, maybe bullshit jobs aren't bad.
1: It's not a bullshit job until you start feeling like it's not fulfilling you. So I'm not, right. it's, it's not about this is a guy yes. who has a bullshit job. Honestly, you would think I could have written that.
0: Right. But that's that's so that's the thing I think people need to ask themselves and take away from a conversation like this is what does freedom mean to you? What does happiness in your job mean to you? What does fulfillment actually mean to you? Is it answering emails at midnight and flying to New York in the morning? Because that's fun. Like that vibe can be very fun. Is that fulfilling to you? If it's not, what is? And actually do the work to figure out if you were to quit, if you think you're in a toxic environment and you were to quit. What do you do now, and how do you design your life to achieve those goals? Versus just being like, "I can't do this. I gotta go," and then not getting to that next level because you can do it.
1: Yes, let me let me rein it in. This is about understanding that there is a sort of aspect of this in the economy. If you're happy at your job, this doesn't apply. Right. This isn't about saying you had a bullshit. It's just like no, I think
0: you can okay. be happy at a bullshit job
1: you can't it's not just can. bullshit anyways it's more of just i really like this discussion and you have to know that there are bullshit jobs out there there are bullshit jobs when it comes to how many people are on a call how many account people are on a call The idea is that about 30 to 40% of jobs are like management jobs, they'll say, are literally jobs that make little to no impact. And he uses case studies that talks about, you know, your company needs to grow. It's funded and it grows, yet it never gets more productive. It just gets more Mm. and more unproductive, no matter how much more work or funding it gets. And it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I just really love right. the idea. And here, you know, I ask the question, is it productive? Because here's what they say in the article. Left to their own devices, Graeber points out, people tend to do work like students at exam time, alternately cramming and slacking. Possibly they work this way because it is the most productive way to work. Mm-hmm. Through the better part of human history, jobs from warrior to fisherperson to novelist had a cram and slack rhythm, in part because these jobs were shaped by actual productive needs. Right? Fisher in. Yeah. There's a war.
0: (laughs) Right? I I would say I have a cram and slack rhythm. So (laughs) I'm loving to hear this. And
1: you are now in an environment that you- Except
0: I don't like that it's called slack. So we're going to revisit that part at some
1: point. No, we're not. Um, So it just says these jobs were shaped by actual productive needs, not arbitrary working clocks and managerial oversight.
0: I wholeheartedly agree.
1: Right? Is it possible? Is it possible, Lindsay, that bullshit jobs are useful? In Graeber's view, we have invented a bizarre sadomasochistic dialect whereby we feel that pain in the workplace is the only possible justification for our furtive consumer pleasures. Mm. Come on. I know. Isn't I wish we this- could
0: talk about this all day, but we need to wrap it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll stop there.
0: Just stop there. Share the book with us. It's summer reading. We're taking a break. Yep. Well, that's it. We will see you for season three. Starting in the fall, fall 2022, and we are looking forward to it.
1: Bye, everybody. Happy summer. Have a great summer.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it.
0: New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen.
1: Or go to the thetwomarketeers.ca and connect with us.
0: That's the two Marketeers.ca. Spell it out.
1: We are everywhere.
0: Pussy Pocketeers Podcast. This podcast is over.